The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Welcome to the service of ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe. On this first Sunday of the month, as is our custom, we welcome all of whatever age, station, or background to participate in the Sacrament of Holy Communion. Those listening on the radio may request communion in the home by calling the chapel office. On this Sunday, we commend to you the ministry of the chapel and its programmatic offerings, its sermonic offerings found on our website. On this Sunday, we invite those so moved to identify as members of the chapel chapter simply by speaking with our director of hospitality or one of our clergy or by leaving a note in the collection plate. On this Sunday, we encourage all to continue or to commence the practice of tithing, of disciplined generosity, and to indicate interest in giving to our chapel director, Ray Bouchard, by email, phone, or voice. On this first Sunday, we ask you to ask yourself what form your ministry here will take in the coming weeks and months. A community luncheon follows worship downstairs, and all are warmly invited. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
may we pray. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. May we exchange with one another signs of his peace. A lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 1 through 12. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why, why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. 
Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, And he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places, and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
lesson from St. Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love God. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading responsibly verses from Psalm 112 with the Antiphon. Praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. The righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. They are not afraid of evil tidings. Their hearts are firm, secure in the Lord. Their hearts are steady. They will not be afraid. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have distributed freely They have given to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn is exalted in honor. The wicked see it and are angry. They gnash their teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked comes to nothing.
Please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Glory to you, O Lord. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come, that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never Enter the kingdom of heaven. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We gather at the Lord's table in this sacred space, in this holy moment, gather together in a communion meditation, reflecting in these weeks upon our Lord's Sermon on the Mount. James Baldwin sharply warned us, did he not, of the death of the heart. He warned us as individuals and a people, as a people, the danger of the death of the heart together to journey through and to face down that and other dangers, we come to the Lord's table today and meditate together. Today we launch one of our members, this Marsh Chapel, a heart in the heart of the city and a service in the service of the city. Its ministry focused on voice and vocation and volume is both a landing pad and a 
launching pad, both a place to enter and a place to exit. And so after some many years of regular attendance, leadership, and service, our own Reverend Holly Benson Haver will be journeying not too far away to serve in ministry at the First Baptist Church of Needham. Through these years, she has guided by her presence the entry into our worship service. Twenty minutes before worship, some half or a dozen of us gather in quiet. Holly has led us. We pause for prayer. Holly, by example, precept and example, has led us. And so we send her off with our blessing, take good wishes, take our greetings to our neighbors to the west. Most of our neighbors are somewhere to the west. We wish you Godspeed. The ministry of a chapel like Marsh Chapel includes receiving and sending, and it requires among the congregation a certain sturdiness, a willingness to see and to let go, to receive and to let go. That is, we are those trying day by day not to forget but to remember. Our guide for a moment in this communion meditation regarding Matthew 5 will be one Amos Wilder. Before introducing him, though, let me say with you what we affirm together. You know, in Boston and in New England, we have the advantage of regular daily block-by-block reminders, don't we? In sign and symbol, in remembrance and landmark, of how this country, the land of the free and the home of the brave, was shaped and formed. It's all around us. For all of the imperfections, and there were many, those who came here, let us remember, who shaped and founded the land of the free and the home of the brave, were immigrants. Those who shaped and founded the land of the free and the home of the brave were immigrants fleeing religious persecution. Those who shaped the land of the free and the home of the brave were immigrants fleeing religious persecution, seeking religious liberty. Those who shaped and founded the land of the free and the home of the brave were Immigrants fleeing religious persecution, seeking religious liberty, and desiring, however however imperfectly, over time to expand that circle of freedom to include others most all. Today we reflect upon the Sermon on the Mount. Let me introduce you to Amos Wilder, who combined a pastor's heart and a scholar's mind. Now, you may not know him so in the tradition of rhetoric, introducing the unfamiliar by the familiar. Let me uh, share with you something about his brother, whom you may, or at least some may, remember. His brother was Thornton Wilder, who wrote a play, Our Town, that celebrates, as we do in this communion meditation, the goodness of life in every hour, in every moment. You remember Rebecca telling George about her friend Jane, who received a letter from Jane's minister that was addressed, Jane Crowfoot, Crowfoot Farm, Grover's Corners, Sutton County, New Hampshire, United States, and then also 
Western Hemisphere, planet Earth, solar system, universe, mind of God. And she said, they delivered it just the same. You remember Emily coming back against all warning, coming back from the grave to visit. She couldn't resist. Said those shades among her, with her, pick the most ordinary day in your life. It will be enough. It will be too much. The wonder of it. So she picks February 11th, 1899, her 12th birthday. There is breakfast and scuffles with her mother. Where's my blue ribbon? It's right next to you. If it were a snake, it would bite you. Mom, am I pretty? Pretty enough for all normal purposes? There's a birthday gift on the step from the boy next door. Father returning from Hamilton College. The policeman at 10 below zero walking the street. And she has that Saul Bellow moment. All of this is happening. Just for a moment, we're together. Let's look at one another. Clocks ticking Breakfast, coffee, mama, papa, this world. Too wonderful for any to receive it. Thornton had a brother named Amos who had the same poet's heart. Amos became over time the quintessential Yankee scholar of the, of the New Testament. He combined a ministerial imagination with an academic proclivity. He combined mind with heart, reason with imagination, science with humanity. With his family, he traveled from China to California, then educated at Oberlin and Mansfield College, later at Yale, and taught for many of his uh, mature years here across the river at Harvard Divinity School. He had a capacity to unite the pair so long disjoined. Now, Amos took something from his brother and much more from his colleague over the years, Albert Schweitzer, whose rendering of the New Testament and the Sermon on the Mount in particular, Amos brought in his Yankee voice to us in the middle of the last century and beyond. He began as a pastor He began with the experience of ministry in North Conway in a little congregational parsonage. I'm going to invite our dear senior, Casey Schultz, to come and read for a moment. You know Casey. She's been with us four years in ministry among the Lutherans and all. We're sending her forth, speaking of launching and landing pads in a few months. She will expand, perhaps, her circle of leadership and service. You just watch and you just wait. Her poem is a difficult one, Amos remembering a modest wedding of a poor couple alone in the parsonage in North Conway with the snow falling decades ago. Brother and sister in this world's poor family, Jack and Jill out of this gypsy camp of earth, here is where the injustice is greatest and you feel it obscurely. And you have a right to storm within yourselves and seek sanctuary in one another's shabbiness. This boy and this girl, with all their abandonment and futility, folly and dereliction, whirled from ignominy to ignominy, condemned to all the wretched chores of the community, 
O tribute of forlorn humanity, come for this benediction whom they have blasphemed, and somehow sense that they touch what? God the higher, all that they have missed, innocence and mercy and compassion. Poor lad, scoured from humiliation to humiliation, pressed by dirt and danger, squalor and exhaustion, and bred in blasphemy and the poison of men's bitter spirit and the maudlin imaginations of their lust. Where else could it end but in this makeshift marriage? And well may you storm within yourself at the same time that you feel the awe of it. God and the devil both have a hand in joining you, and you are hardly at fault. Poor sister in our earth's poor family, stupid and stupefied and hallowed all at once. Poor creature of poor movements, disinherited Eve, how else could it come out but in the tumble of that first assault? And yet God has put his finger on even this. No bridesmaids nor flowers for you. The groom hasn't given you these. You came in an old coat. One of the gang is best man and witness. The boy minister goes through with it, and there is no shower as you go out. The sleigh waits outside in the heavy snowfall. It is movie night in the village, and no one is about to spy you at the parsonage, and so you go off in the blizzard to the lumber camps. This is all the world gives you. But the son of man of the wedding feast haunts such occasions and understands you. He can turn water into wine and such shame and loss into gain in some world, some time. Lucy Hanks bore Nancy seven years before her marriage feast. The son of man knows too well what the hells are and the dumb wonderings and sicknesses of the soul. And he is the only one who does know. So endure these gusts and whirlwinds of the night until the morning breaks. I heard the organ roll behind the snowfall and saw in it the confetti of the heavenly bride chamber, glimpsed the sons of the bride chamber rejoicing in that city which is full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof, before the father whose face the angels of little children do always behold. I heard the organ roll behind the snowfall. For those ourselves and others who have invested much, not all, but much of ministry among the rural poor, not in Vermont and New Hampshire, but in the farthest reaches along the Canadian border of northern upstate New York, Amos Wilder's parsonage pastoral imagination feeds and guides. In baptism, we are given the gift of ministry. And in baptism, we are given the graces to carry out our different varied forms of ministry. Amos Wilder then moved from his work in North Conway to study and to teaching, and he helps us perhaps as well as any to enter in the next several weeks the Sermon on the Mount. You know, something that's been away, that's been in the freezer, we will say, for 2,000 years, like one of the gospel texts, if you're going to serve it, you want to do more than pull it out, let it thaw, and eat it raw. 
You need to prepare it. It needs to be seasoned. It needs to be warmed. It needs to be cooked. It needs to be presented, understood. And Amos Wilder, not alone, but preeminently for his time, understood these texts in their context. With Albert Schweitzer, he understood the Sermon on the Mount to be a teaching ad interim in the context of Matthew first and the remembrance of Jesus second. And the interim being the expectation that soon and very soon the end was here. Not sometime in the far distant future, but Thursday at lunch or Friday in the morning. And so these teachings with such an imminent expectation took on, as you heard read earlier, a very fierce a very excessive teaching, and Amos Wilder, relying on others, understood them to be so, ad interim. That is, that they fit the time of Matthew's church and the teaching of Jesus with the disciples, but they guide us, they don't direct us, they guide us. And we in our time have the staggering responsibility and the awesome freedom, both, to interpret these holy words of ancient writ for our time. My colleague, Brother Larry Whitney, will read with you and for you just a paragraph of Amos Wilder's teaching, relying on Schweitzer, about the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus meant the requirements very explicitly. But the radical formulation of the requirements is to be explained by the imminence of the kingdom of God. The judgment was immediately at hand, and an extraordinary ethic was proper for an extraordinary emergency. We have then, in Schweitzer's term, interim ethics, immediately relevant only to Jesus' disciples in the brief period before the end. His insight that the teaching is significantly governed by the drawing near of the new age is today generally accepted. The teaching comes out of a small world, a rural and small-town society of a comparatively simple kind, in a semi-tropical climate. As did Matthew, we are under under obligation to appropriate Jesus' words in a free and responsible way, applying them to our own situation, bearing in mind the disparity between his situation and ours. Such a staggering responsibility, such an awesome freedom. Beloved, we gather in a moment at the Lord's table. We come together to this table to experience thanksgiving and remembrance and presence. We come together to enjoy a sense of belonging, to enjoy an intimation of meeting, to enjoy a shared experience of fellowship, to be in communion, meditation with bread and with cup. The first role of the church is not to speak, but to be the church where 
Daily object lessons in faith and life are taught almost randomly in the community. The gospel is not good advice. It is good news. So we come, ready to receive, here together at the table of love. Let us break bread together on our knees. Please be seated. Good morning. We welcome you again to the nave of Marsh Chapel on this brisk February morning. Whether you are seated here with us, listening via radio or internet, or later via the podcast, please know that you are a valued member of our community. 
For those of you seated in the pews, we ask that you participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew. This helps you to get to know one another better and us to get to know you better. Today is a communion Sunday, and we welcome all who wish to partake to come forward. Wine will be served on the pulpit side, and grape juice will be served on the lectern side. A healing prayer station is also available underneath the first stained glass window on the pulpit side. After the service is our monthly potluck luncheon. All are welcome to attend for food and fellowship in the marshroom on the lower level. One event announcement that is not in the bulletin, our spiritual life yoga instructor Amy Albrecht will be hosting a spiritual life gathering focused on the theme of retreat from 6 to 7.30 p.m. in the Marsh Room on Tuesday evening. Some gentle yoga and dinner will be a part of this event. Please contact Amy at aaub3 at bu.edu for more information. And now with an announcement from the Marsh Chapel Music Department, Dr. Scott Ellen Jarrett. Good morning. I have three quick announcements. Next week is the third installment of our Bach Experience, Cantata 125. Please come 9.45 early in the morning. 9.45 here. We'll have a nice informal chat with the Collegium and the Chorus about Cantata 125, followed by breakfast. Second announcement is please consider a donation in addition to your regular tithes and offerings to support the Friends of Music at Marsh Chapel Fund. There's information in the narthex, and we'd be happy to talk to you about that. Third and final announcement is Thurman Choir meets today downstairs at 1230 after worship. Uh, hope regular members will be there. If you would like to join the Thurman Choir, you're always welcome to see any member of the choir or me. Uh, but we'll start at 1230 today. Thanks. Thank you, Scott. For all other news and events, please visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us, let us remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
for the work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us. We give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us, as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory.
May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs>